Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello, and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the world's greatest Doom Patrol-related podcast, where every episode we talk long and lovingly about our favourite superhero team, the mighty Doom Patrol. G'day, I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks. And if you want to send us emails, waitingfordoom at gmail.com is the place to do that too. And we're on Facebook, I believe. And if there's a blog about the Doom Patrol, which you can go check out at mygreatestadventure80.blogspot.com. And that's uh, run by our buddy Doug. And all of our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and podbean.com mostly. <laughs> yes, hello, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarb. You can also find on Twitter our sentient show account, who is Wilfred. He's at WFDPod. G'day, Wilfred. Hello, humans. And as always, we are proudly brought to you by Comicosity.com. Yes, Comicosity is an awesome site for comics, news and reviews and stuff and opinions. Very strongly opinionated site and we agree with those opinions. So if we you're do. wondering where we, where we stand, we stand with them. Yes. yes. We do Indeed. not support um, any sort of uh, discrimination or, um, yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, bad shenanigans. <laughs> Phobias. Bad shenanigans. Phobias, yeah. hate, you know. Hate, yeah. Um, we just want Comics everyone to get along. E- Comics are for everyone, aren't they? Exactly, exactly, you know, and um, that's something I love about the Doom Patrol is that they're accepting of everyone, you know, um, and they'll fight the good fight f- for everyone to have a fair say, you know. Yeah, and if we look at Comicosity this week, there's an exclusive preview of your favourite comic, Detective Comics, 991. <gasps> Yeah, and it Ooh. looks like uh, Two-Face is on the rampage with two guns. Oh, that's unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yes, I think that's the James Robinson arc about to start. Or oh, I think it's partway through at the moment. Is it? Okay. Yes. You up to date? Um, I'm probably a couple of months behind, um, but I've, I've just... Um, he said, you know... Nicely segueing into what I've been reading this week, uh, I actually just read uh, an issue of Detective Comics that had um, two um, of the Firefly character uh, in issue 989, and then there was Tweedledum and Tweedledee teaming up against Batman, and then it all turned out that it was all, you know, Harvey Dent was behind it all. A bit of duality. Yes, yes, just a bit. So um, that was, uh, I'm loving Detective at the moment. Uh, I also read Detective. Terrifics, uh, a bit of Justice League, a bit of Black Science, which got me right in the feels with some um, some home truths about uh, relationships and people and um, living your life, sort of thing. And I'm, I'm that is, that series only got six issues to go, so I think it wraps up at the end of this year. And I will miss Black Science. It's it's been a hell of a ride. So um, yeah, what have you been reading, Paul? Uh, I've been catching up on me Marvels, man. Um, so I've been reading Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is uh, Mark Wade uh, sort of doing an Ant-Man and the Wasp story, and I do not care for it at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> which is unusual for Mark Wade, but yeah, this one um, I thought... Um, he's obviously got a bit of um, science geek in him, and mm-hmm. he tries to incorporate it all, and it's very... Uh, clunky, <laughs> oh, I guess. Oh 
Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the characterization is overwhelmed by the, trying to slip the science in all the time. And, you know, it's not bad, but the science stuff is is the main driver of the story, and it's not that interesting. So, you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it might be more realistic theoretically than most things, but, uh, yeah, I did not care for it. Anyway. Mm. Um, and I think Thor is probably in a bit of a downturn at the moment, too. But okay. I did enjoy uh, West Coast Avengers. I caught up with the first two issues of that, mm-hmm. and that was fairly fun. And I tried As Guardians of the Galaxy, which I did not think I would enjoy, but I turned out I am enjoying it, even though it links okay. to some sort of Infinity War thing that I do not understand. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not prepared to spend right. any money to try and understand that at this okay. point. <laughs> uh, I must admit, I stopped reading Marvel after Secret Wars 3. Um, that was my jumping off point for me at Marvel, I think. Um, and I'm just enjoying the movies and the TV shows from now on. So, yeah. Uh. I do like yeah, Domino. Yeah. Domino is probably my favourite Marvel read of the of the current oh, okay. time. Um, and I've been catching up with things like Skyward at Image and um, up to date with uh, Shanghai Red from Chris Sabella. Oh, okay, yep. Yep, Chris Sabella's got a dog if you hadn't seen 4,000 photos on Twitter. <laughs> yes, I, I'm well aware of, of the new puppy, yes. <laughs> she is a very yes. good girl. He's keeping that quiet, isn't he? Yeah, anyway. just a bit. <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, that's that's all I've got for now. Okay, well, how about we go and have a look at what's officially happening in terms of the patrol with some news patrol. Well, uh, the Titan show has now debuted, so people are now enjoying, or not enjoying, as is sometimes the case, the Titan show. So uh, I think we've had episode one and two air at this point, and mm-hmm. episode five that is the one where the Doom Patrol debuts, I believe. So, yes. Yeah, um, I understand it will not be on Australian sources at that time, um, mm. so we might try and find some sort of correspondent or someone who can, you know, send us in a, a little snapshot review without too many spoilers at that point. Yeah. So uh, a few people we know are watching it, so mm-hmm. uh, they'll still be watching it by episode five. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look, the, the good news is at least is that we are getting it uh, here in Australia via Netflix because Netflix, they, have the, yes. they have the international rights to broadcast it. So we will get it eventually. We just don't know when yet. So um, I'm hoping the similar sort of deal can be done for a certain show about a certain team that patrols for Doom. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand that Titans might be delayed because it's, you know, the first new show on this new um, mm. platform that DC has. But hopefully by the time Doom Patrol starts, they will, you know, it'll all be synced up. You know, yeah. so it's kind of the way, like, Netflix in Australia gets the Marvel shows the same day as the Americans do, etc. Mm. So it's all, it's all neat and tidy like that. Well, hopefully that will be the case, but... Let's hope so. Yeah. We'll have to see. Anyway. Mm. Yeah, um, and apart from that, there's very little news at this point. It's, uh, it's all Titans all the time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you've found any news. Have you found any no, news? No, no, I, I have nothing new 
add to the news. Although I am disappointed you said at this point and not at this stage. Oh, I'm sorry. You're <laughs> off. Come on, we've got a brand. Uh, yeah, I'm out of my lane. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, you're letting the franchise down. Come on. But, Mike, the big question I'm asking right now is what is that ticking? That is, Paul, the one and only Doom Clock. Woo! So yes, as we look once again upon the face of the mighty Doom Clock, we can see that it's been 26 weeks since the last new Doom Patrol book was in our hot hands, that being issue 11 of Volume 6, the lead into Milk Wars, which we discussed back in episode 122. Issue 12 is, at this stage... <laughs> Scheduled for release on October 31st, Paul. Next week. At this point. Oh, <laughs> Look, sorry. No. Sorry. At this just, just stop that now. Just no. <laughs> you just, we, look, we've got the fans saying it. We've, we've, you know, it's ingrained in the show history. Just no. Okay. Yeah, if we if we ever do a Waiting for Doom t-shirt, it will have Waiting for Doom and then at this stage in brackets below it, I'm sure. Yes. Or at this point, with the point crossed out. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Uh, this week in Doom Patrol history, with thanks to Mike's Amazing World of Comics, going on sale for $2.50 on October 27th of 2004. Can, can you guess the era it is, Paul? 2004? Oh, oh, it's the bad place. <laughs> yes, with the cover date of December of that year, it was issue 5 of Doom Patrol Volume 4. From John oh. Byrne, Doug Hazelwood, Jared K. Fletcher, Alex Blatt, and Mike Carlin. Robot Wars. Ex- well done, sir. This issue was titled Hearts of Steel and saw the Doom Patrol infiltrate an underground robot fighting ring run by an old rival of the Chief's name, Dr. Vidalian. Ah, oh, oh. good old Dr. Vidalian, who we only saw in that storyline and never saw again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we covered this issue way back in episode 114 from December of 2017, so you can check that out for further details, and that is it for the Doom Clock this week. At this stage. <laughs> well done. Thank you. You've redeemed yourself somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever wanted to be more than you are? Are you worried your full potential isn't enough? Ever wonder finding that out is worth your soul? Best Event Ever is back for 2018 with DC's 1995 event, Underworld Unleashed. Several blogs and podcasts are coming together to examine the effects these questions have on the heroes and villains of the DC Universe. Join Justice's First Dawn, Comic Reviews by Walt, Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, Pop Culture Palace, Diana Prince Wonder Woman, and Between the Pages, among others, as they examine the effects these questions have on characters like Ted Knight, Blue Devil, Sentinel, The Martian Manhunter, and Darkseid. Follow them all using hashtag BestEventEver2018 and hashtag UnderworldReUnleashed across social media, all throughout October. Go ahead. Blow out that candle. Neuron is waiting.
it's time for everyone's favourite part of the show, which we like to call Doom Splaining, where we explain stuff about the Doom Patrol in further detail, and we look at two issues of a specific Doom Patrol run. This week we are returning to Volume 4 of Doom Patrol. Um, oh, the burn volume? That, that's, that's correct, Paul. Um, oh. Yes. Um, so we're looking at issues 15 and 16, uh, the penultimate, <laughs> this is actually the penultimate burn episode, I think I'll just put everyone at ease with getting that out there from the get-go. So Paul, kick us off with issue 15, if you would please, sir. Kick us in the crotch with issue 15, alright, yes. <laughs> uh, this issue, it came out on August 31st, 2005, but it was confusingly cover-dated October 2005, um, $2.50 like the others in this volume. Uh, it was written by John Byrne, and it was penciled by one John Byrne. It was inked by Doug Hazelwood, and it was lettered by Jared K. Fletcher, and it was coloured by Alex Blayart, and the whole thing was probably edited from an armchair by Mike <laughs> Carlin. And uh, on this cover, we see uh, the Doom Patrol, well, three members of the Doom Patrol, sort of. Uh, we have Rita, embiggened in her outfit, uh, and Cliff, standing there stunned, and negative man, the negative form of Larry Trainer, and they're surrounded by emaciated people. Mm. Yes. Possibly yes. dead. Who knows? Let's find out. Uh, well, the title of it says Death in the Sun, so that's a bit worrying. Yes, but they're clearly on a sidewalk and not in the sun. <laughs> well, they're outdoors and it's daytime, so... You oh, know. you're taking the sun. You're not literal. Yeah. Okay. Not, no. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Nice. Okay. Um, our story opens with Rita wearing a crop top and Daisy Dukes out walking with her man, Cliff Steele, by the water in Sun City in Florida. Uh, <sighs> they, they sorry. Have... <laughs> Keep it, keep it together, Mike. Uh, they have become quite the centre of attention from fans and autograph hunters, uh, so much so that Rita grabs hold of Cliff and extends her shrinking powers to make them both disappear in the pavement crack below a confused crowd. Ooh, exciting. Uh, mm -hmm. Back at Doom Patrol headquarters, uh, Key Mordaz, the old prison off the coast, uh, Misun, a.k.a. Nudge, is using Cliff's absence as an excuse to snoop in his room as part of a only-just-now-from-nowhere-revealed investigation into why she can't psychically sense Cliff's pain anymore. Uh, that old subplot that came up in that mm. panel. Mm. <laughs> yeah, with her ever-changing power set, yes. Yes, um, she finds his brain pain drugs that he got back in issue six from Robot Wars. Woohoo! And <laughs> she decides to visit Vortex to discuss her discovery. And um, as you do, just walking into someone's room without really knocking, uh, she sees all of Vortex's clothing laid on the bed, including his face. And at this point, she doesn't decide to leave the room for some strange reason. And then a voice calls her name and she turns and faints in horror. Oh. Um, at the same time, the Chief and Larry are fiddling with new bandages, uh, which is the most boring conversation I've ever read, uh, till, Vortex, <laughs> till Vortex runs in carrying an unconscious nudge. Uh, when Niles asks what happened to Vortex, he explains that he found her unconscious in his room. Uh, sure he did. Uh, Niles begins to examine her, but admits it will be like groping in the dark without her medical history. Um isn't that what all the doctors do all the time? They just examine people and work out what's wrong? 
but apparently he can't do anything without her medical history. So he announces he is going to contact her family because the plot demands that this happens. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Back at Sun City, uh, Rita is enjoying a burger and joking about the size of her boobs when they see police cruisers racing down the street. They both decide to follow, so Rita grows giant-sized and carries Cliff as she strolls down the street. They arrive at a hospital on page 9, and I'm going to skip to page 18 because nothing that happens for the next five pages matters at all. <laughs> so, Fair play. Fair play, sir. Yes. So on page 18, the team is sitting around Doom Patrol headquarters feeling sad about the stupid, unnecessary pages that we read. Uh, when Misun turns up awake and angry, she uses her telekinetic powers to attack the team, denting Vortex in the gut, knocking the negative energy out of Larry, paralyzing Rita and decapitating Cliff, and then she tosses Niles out of the window and into the ocean. And she stands there gloating over Rita with five additional faces floating around her own head. And they all have blank eyes and they're all smiling maniacally. And she said, now five of us means five times the power. And we're going to have us all a little party. Because she's from the 90s suddenly. Uh, <laughs> and that's the end of the issue. <sighs> yeah. So there were no gaps in my story. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Look, I think just for those that were curious, um, there was a fairly pointless story about a energy vampire um, going on a mindless rampage. Yeah, it started out as a baby, turned out it was born an energy vampire, so it drained the life force from everyone in the room, and it started growing. So it was like a young boy wandering in an alleyway, he was then like a teenager, he was then like an old man. Every time he was near people, he would drain their life force to sustain himself, and they all looked withered and old. It was, And it went nowhere. The guy died. Yeah, and the, the Doom Patrol did a bit of tracking, and by the time I, they found him, he was dead anyway, and they didn't save a single person. So, you know, we have no. a hospital full of babies all dead. We have um, all these orderlies all dead. We have uh, mm -hmm. people at a school dead, teachers and everything. Um, yep, yep. The, the baby's mother died, you know, straight after childbirth. Yeah, yeah. And so this, this person wanders around and kills, like, 90 people in this comic. And mm, yeah. And the Doom Patrol don't stop it and don't do anything except sp explain what happened afterwards. Mm. Well done. Well, what a great story. I, I so enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Rita and Cliff, they were eating a burger when this started. If they literally sat there and ate another burger, nothing would have changed for the entire story. Yeah. Except maybe Rita would try some more jokes about her own body. Yeah. Because she makes a joke about her boobs which just fell completely flat and went nowhere and was completely pointless. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, I think for context, um, Cliff remarked uh, about how much she was eating when they were at the, the restaurant. And, you know, he's saying, are you sure you don't, um, you know, change the size of your fat cells or whatever? And she's like, oh, no, no, I don't. But, you know, I really am a whatever cup size it was. I was like, really? Really, John Byrne? Come mm. on. Yeah, and this is on top of Rita acting like a groupie for the first few pages of this comic. Like, she is literally mm. hanging off Cliff, and she's, you know, she's all sexed up, and, you know... But, I mean, to be fair, John Byrne has drawn her, so she doesn't actually look sexy, but a different artist probably would have made her look sexy. But, yeah, yeah she yeah. is so um, vacuous in this comic. She has no agency. 
um, she uses her powers for really exciting things like fleeing the autograph hunters, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then when they decide to go see what's happening at the hospital, they, she makes herself die and walks down the street. It's like, you know, this is a very it's 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 such a banal use of your powers. It's unworthy of the Doom yeah. Patrol. Yep. Yeah, and you know, plus dead babies, mothers, doctors, hospitals, mm. you know, high school yeah. students, people in a cafe. Yay! It doesn't matter because yeah. you know the person who's ca- causing it all just dies anyway of old age. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's just it's just uh, no, nothing that could be done. It's just a cruel. I, I think Niles even said it's you know just a, a cruel trick of nature. Mm. Um, you know, just, just, here we go. Yeah, he was just one of the cruel tricks nature likes to play from time to time, like a volcano, like a hurricane, or a tsunami. Uh, the energy vampire was not something we could have prevented, or because of the way his own life energy is burned out in such a short time, not even something we could have contained. Not even just, something oh, we oh, should, well. have, should have told. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> not even something we should have bothered with for nine something pages. Yeah. John Byrne continues to use timestamps, so you know the op- the the comic opens at two forty seven p.m. and jumps to three ten p.m. etc. Um, I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Um, I I'll say something positive about it. There were no flashbacks, and the storytelling was linear. So, yeah, lucky you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I I, yeah. I read this comic, and then I read the next one, and I thought. Oh, I won the lottery when I got to synopsize this one and not the next one. So, Mike, yeah. well, on that note, what, what's in store? Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. Didn't I score on this one? Doom Patrol, volume four, number 16, uh, with the cover date of November 2005, but going on sale September 28th of that year for $2.50, allegedly edited by Mike Carlin. Written and penciled by John Byrne, inked by Doug Hazelwood, letters by Jared K. Fletcher, colours by Alex Blatt, and the title of this one is Convergence Part 1. Oh dear, mm. I wonder what that means. Uh, and on, on the cover we can see uh, the continuation of Misun's Rampage, as we saw in the end of last issue, with um, basically the negative being being knocked out of Larry, Vortex kind of being... You know, struck straight in the gut, so he's almost bending like, you know, when Plastic Man does something weird and wacky. Robot Man's pretty much being torn to shreds, and Rita just looks like she's got bad gas. Uh, didn't we see all that in the last comic? You think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we've got a recap right on the um, on the cover there. It's, a, yeah, it's only three uh, pages, it's alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, considering it's been nearly an entire issue since we had a flashback, thank goodness we have this issue because it repeats the scene of Nudge being brought into the Chief, but from Vortex's point of view this time, before Misun launches into her attack on the team with the psyches of the five other drug sounds kids that were involved in her origin. Yes, uh, these, as we find out later in this story, the five other beings in her head are somehow the psyches of the kids she was taking drugs with. Um, and performing a seance with when we learnt her and Grunt's origin. I'm not going to look up the issue because I just couldn't be bothered, but that's what happened. <sighs> anyway. Hey, those... kids. Hey, kids. Don't do drugs. Don't okay? do drugs. Don't do drugs and seances at the same time. And then... You could end up with people in your head yeah. taking control of your telekinetic and uh, psychic powers. Yeah. And then don't be near drug takers, get kidnapped and turn into a four-armed gorilla. Yeah. As well, and, and don't walk into people's rooms when their appearance makes you faint. <laughs> yes. 
Anyway, for those worried about what happened to the chief when he was flung out of the building and into the ocean, worry not, because he gets rescued by Grunt, the four-armed gorilla who left the team and rejoined his parents after they were located in some previous issue, which I'm not going to bother looking up. Through a hilariously bad scene of Chief interpreting Grunt's hand gestures and ape dramatics, Chief deduces that Grunt felt something was wrong with Misan due to their still lingering empathic link, so he swung across to the outskirts of town, where Chief maintains a private airfield, before activating one of the mini-flyers to return to Kimordaz, arriving just in time to see Chief falling into the ocean. Yeah, somehow the Chief figured all of that out. Um, but I guess he is a genius, so, you know, of course. Of course. Anyway, back inside DBHQ, me, myself, and my five new personality son continues <laughs> to wreak havoc on the team, using her enhanced meta powers to tear Robot Man to shreds, take a drink, blasting the negative being out of Larry Trainer, and causing Elastigirl to fall over herself. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Elsewhere, yeah, yeah. Elsewhere, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a homeless man named Lucas Deacon, I don't know why his name's important, witnesses a glowing portal opening and three beings, identical to patrol member Vortex, stepping forth. One of them adjusts his face mask, and the sneak peek of the purpley-pinky energy within sends Lucas mad. It should be noticed that a similar thing happened to Nudge when she went into Vortex's room and saw his true form, when we saw the recap at the start of this issue with... Vortex bringing Nudge in. Anyway, these Mortexes ramble about some energy signature and fly off. Rita returns to the fight holding the giant canister that contains Metamorpho, and he actually manages to subdue Misan for a second before she shatters him into smithereens as well. Of course, it's at this point now that the Mortexes appear at DPHQ and they manage to knock out Nudge. Finally, someone does it. Anyway, Mort- Vortex and the Mortexes have some weird conversation where it turns out that they are Phase 9s, while Vortex is a Phase 3, and he's actually been searching for a Zero, or at least part of one, which turns out to be the Negative Being, which one of the Mortexes touch, and they all start merging into a gigantic Negative Being, who then explodes through the roof of DPHQ. The end. <laughs> I hate this issue. <laughs> I it's stuff happens, but it's boring. It's so boring, yeah. and it's like, it's like as you said, we have a recap of what happened in the issue you covered on the cover of this issue, and then we get to see it again at the start. It's like, oh my god! It's like really, what? Calm blue ocean, calm blue ocean. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I did have a bit of a chuckle at the scene where um, Chief is rescued by Grunt. And they're sitting in the cockpit of, you know, one of these very convenient mini-jets after he, Grunt has, you know, brought Niles in from the ocean. And it's this bizarre sequence of eight panels where you see Grunt doing an action and then the chief is deducing what he means from that action. Yeah, and it's it, Grunt charades. Yeah, it's so stupid. It's so, yeah. so stupid. It's like, ah, well, I'm just going to deduce the most convenient freaking thing, and yeah, that's exactly what's happened. It's like, oh my god. But the the other bit that I thought was ridiculous was um, earlier when Grant is leaving his uh, house, and his mum walks and goes, Henry? And then she says, son? And then the next moment she goes, Henry? And then she says, son? And she goes, Henry? And then she says, son? <laughs> it's like, you know, perhaps if you used your words, you could talk to him. Mm. Say, what's wrong? What are you doing? Where are you going? Yeah. 
can I help you? You know, any of these things would be useful, but... <laughs> no, Henry, son. Good talk, Mum. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this, uh, it's just, uh, you know, of, of course no one on the team can take out super-powered me son, um, whose powers, once again, have changed um, yeah. indescribably, and... We are, you know, circling back to her origin and we've, you know, brought in the five horrible people that were taking drugs and weren't really her friends and now they've got powers and they're, you know, mucking everything up. It's like, really? Why? I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And did it, am I the only one who's starting to feel like the covers are repetitive? Like, John Byrne does so many covers with Rita in the centre and, and the rest of the team around her. Yeah. It's... Yeah. 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 He, he likes drawing Rita, and he's not that good at it. And honest. he likes repetition. Yeah. Does. And he also, likes time, he likes time repetition. Stamps. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of Rita not being drawn well, there's a scene where, um, in the fight, uh, where Rita grabs Misan, and it looks like her head is kind of dislocated from her shoulder or something. It just looks so. It's like. Byrne said, I have to cram in Rita's face here so we know who's speaking. Um, but, oh, it's going to look really dis- out of proportion with the rest of her giant arm. But, eh, whatever. And it's like, yeah. come on. just oh, It's just so painful and just so bad. Yeah. Well, okay, let's not linger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to linger for a bit. I have no idea why oh. we had to know that the homeless man's name was Lucas Deacon. Uh, well, it, it's it's meant it's one of those tricks where if you name someone and then kill them, it's it's a bit more sad because you you mm. empathised with them a little bit and you really? walked in their shoes for a panel. <laughs> <laughs> Walk a panel in my shoes, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, he- it happens a lot in uh, Wolf and Perra's Titans where people get introduced. You hear their well, as soon as you you hear someone's first name and surname, you know they're about to die. Right, right. Uh, because Lucas Deacon uh, appears on in uh, what one, two, three, four, five, six panels out of three, four, six panels out of eight on one page. So yeah, yeah no, I just I, I I do not empathize with Mr. Deacon. Unfortunately, it's it's sad that his life took that turn. But really, it's like. I mean, the, it the, it was almost the point where he should have had him sit, sitting there looking at a photo of his girlfriend and say, you know, as soon as I got the money, I'm going to go and visit you and we'll settle down. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop me. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make, we're, we're going to make it after all, darling. You know, it's all going to be okay. Oh, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> Look, yeah, he may as well just have been a cop on, you know, who was just about to retire. You know, it would have had the yeah. same effect. And I really hate the fact that Vortex, this alien that uh, John Byrne has created, um, and a really bland, uninteresting character, mm. is tied to the negative energy. Yeah. Right? So this is the origin of the negative energy. It's just a Vortex, and they their powers and developments are numbered, which is incredibly complex and necessary. So, you know, so what? Mm. Um, Larry is a, Larry's energy being is a is a one or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. or a zero or part part of a, a zero. zero. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's and, that's not um, insulting at all. You know? And Vortex is a three, and these blue dickheads are nines. Yeah, so yeah, good yeah, times. Good times. Look, as I said, this is the penultimate issue of the Burn volume that we have to do. 
So we only right. have two more issues of Burn, and then we are finished with Volume 4. Yeah. Now, is there anything nice we can say about these particularly, just so it's not a uh, bitch fest? <laughs> the colours are good. You know? Yeah, I like display um, art colours. I, I think that you, not all of the artists are... If you like John Burns art, he, he, does, he does draw well. I've got to give him that. I mean, you know, like 95% of it is good. Um, the writing... Not so much. Uh, sorry, trying to remain positive. Um, yeah, I think it, it looks okay. It looks very, you know, um, early 2000s, late 90s comics. You know, lots of action and stuff happening, but yeah. It, um, yeah. Yeah. He, he draws um, emaciated dying people really well. He does. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I like the font of the creative names on the cover. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah. that's a good one, yeah. 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 Okay. I think we're done. <laughs> I think so. Oh, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> and now it's the part of the show where we could dive into the mailbag and look at the question of the week answers. And last time on the show, we asked everyone, who is a comic book villain that you are completely sick of? And we heard from many, many people. Yeah. And uh, the first of these was Dr. Ange. And he said, I could say Joker, sick of him. I could say General Zod, really sick of him. But I'm going to say Deathstroke. Sometimes he can defeat the JLA on his own. Sometimes he can get beaten by Gar Logan. Sometimes he's a noble anti-hero. Sometimes he's a sadistic jerk. Sod off. Ooh. <laughs> Wow. Harsh words from the doctor there. Yeah, it's not often we hear an American say sort off, but um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, we then heard from Frack at Fractures, and he said, The Joker. He has gone from a villain whose appearance on the last page of any comic would send chills down your spine to a villain whose appearance induces nothing more than a not again groan. Mm. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've been reading New Justice League, and like. The Joker is literally sitting back and watching the Batman who laughs, and it's mm. like, what's what's the point of having both of them in the same comic, yeah. really? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And it, uh, the Batman who laughs, you know, to build him up, they have to diminish the Joker and make him less yeah. in, scary. And it's, uh, I do not care for it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I concur, sir. I concur. Uh, we heard from J. Jones Goldstein, and they said, I was just talking to a friend last night about how Aquaman has other adversaries than Black Manta. He's a cool character, but he doesn't always need to the protagonist for every Aquaman story. Oh, yes, he does, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the movie will not end that run. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, Clinton at Coffin Comics Blog on the Twitter said, The Joker, hands down, bar none. I could easily go another decade without a single Joker appearance and be thrilled. Similarly, Darkseid. We heard from the all-purpose adventure guy, and he said, Apocalypse. I like the idea of N. Sabaneur. I think that's how it's pronounced. Yes, yes. Yes. I had a big plate of N. (laughs) Sabaneur. How was was it? It was delicious. That's good. Oh, good. (laughs) No, it was um, overexposed. Um, And I like the 90s stories with him. Sorry, I like the 90s stories with him, not the 90s stories with him. But when he popped up again a couple of years ago, it felt eye-rollingly tedious. And wasn't he bad in that movie? He was bad in a bad movie, yes. 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 It was all bad. Bad film. All bad. The the bad X-Men, yes. Uh, Sphinx Magoo. 
um, who during Halloween, I believe, is Where Sphinx from the Black Lagoon, maybe, uh, <laughs> said, The villain I get sick of changes over time. Currently, it's Thanos. I mean, I get it. We finally get a cinematic villain who acts like a cinematic villain. Darkseid Jr. Still, too much is too much. Mm. Yeah, people get sick of the Nos. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. We heard from our friend Katie Scarlett, and she said Joker. Another one for the Joker. Mm. Yes, uh, and continuing the th- trend, Susan Canary chimed in with the Joker as well. So, a lot of Joker hate. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then we heard from Ryan Daly by Night, uh, who's Ryan Daly of the podcast and Cheers and that and everything. And he said uh, Harley Quinn and Deathstroke. Another oh. vote for Deathstroke. Sick of. Mm. Wow. Uh, Corey McLaren chimed in with Harley Quinn. When DC Comics made the choice to humanise her, I was done. Mm. Not sure if I agree with that opinion, but uh, yes. Uh, Then we heard from Mr. Pumpkins, who's Holodil. Hi, Holodil. Been a while. And he said a Joker. Got another one for Joker. Another one, Uh, Sean at Nerdy Dad's Podcast chimed in with the master of the world, a.k.a. Crystal Pepsi Vandal Savage. <laughs> Can my beloved Alpha Flight appear just once and not have to fight this human Ambien? Wow. Wow. That's, harsh. That's, that's harsh but hilarious at the same time. Thank you, sure. I don't think I've never read a comic with the Master of the World. No, nor have I. I look mm. like we've dodged a bullet. Yeah. Um, Jay Powers, who recently sent us some feedback, and we appreciate that. The review on iTunes, and mm-hmm. Jay's going to be getting a postcard for that. So if you want one, be like Jay. Uh, he said, Sinistro, it's been a nice year plus without him, and it's been fun to see his core led by someone else for a while. But All he's right. back. He's mm. back in Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Brown at Sajigo. Chimed in with the Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor from Batman vs Superman. Wow, he, he clearly Tim. clearly made an impact because um, yeah. he hasn't appeared since then, but clearly affected Jeffrey. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, we heard from Tim Price seventeen, who is this week going as a Tomb Price, fairly Halloweeny, mm. and he said Venom. What? He has a movie. Well, sure, he's that hero's Venom, not villain Venom, and Carnage. Oh, please let there be no more Carnage. Um, mm. Not looking good for you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen Venom, Mike? I have not. No, I, I have not. Um, I have not, no. <laughs> it's just... ah, I, I'm I was not looking forward to it, and I actually had quite a good time, and my son loved it, okay. so... Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I have heard good things from people whose opinion I trust, such as yourselves, that it is enjoyable. I just I have not felt the need to leave the house to rush out and see it, regardless. It feels like an '80s shit film that's fun, you know, like Highlander and things like that. Right. It, that's what it feels like. You know, it's dumb, um, but it's fun. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, I am not anyone who has any precious feelings about Venom, so they can, you know, mess with the origin and do whatever they like. I don't mind. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I uh, can feel your unconvincedness from here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, I'm probably just on a downer after reading all this burn stuff. Uh, uh. But, you know, speaking of ambient. Um, anyway, uh, Jack Rocha at Old Fashioned Outlaw on the Twitters said, Joker. Can Jason Todd just kill him already? Or maybe Tim Burton, since something just does not care. 
I think he's missing a word there, but he doesn't like the Joker. Okay, fair enough. Thank you, Jack. Well, Tim Tim Burton did kill off the Joker in his cinematic outing, so. Mm. 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 Um, we heard from Chris V. Kuzov, and uh, he said, The Joker? Another one for The Joker. All right. I'm sensing a theme here because yeah. uh, hold underscore vintage at hold underscore vintage on the Twitters uh, also replied with Joker. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, change of pace here. We heard from Jim, uh, Canada Daredevil, and he said the Joker mainly. Uh, he's a great villain, but used way too much. The same for Thanos or the Noz, as I like to call him. Mm. Uh, great, but so overused. Right. Okay. Uh, You're going to die, spelt D-Y-E, at, oh, uh, at Changing Shades. <laughs> uh, chimed in with Darkseid. Uh, when was the last time he had a plot that wasn't just throw his minions at something until they won? But they don't win because they suck. Dishonorable mention to Bullseye, who is becoming a weak Joker knockoff lately. Wow. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, heard from Martin Gray, and he said, Yep, Joker. Mind, I'd love a collection of his 70s series. Uh, yeah, uh, another one for the Joker. I've never read any of the 70s Joker. No, I've seen some of the covers, uh, you know, on websites and that. It looks like cool, silly, you know, slightly evil Joker fun, but yeah, never never read it. Yeah. Hmm. Rough. Um, Heather Undead at Countess Dark. She chimed in with <laughs> the frickin' Joker. Her words, not, not mine. Um... <laughs> We have enough weirdo straight dudes idolising him as it is. Please stop throwing gasoline on the fire. Uh, too late. And there's a movie coming. Um, <laughs> yeah, from, sorry, Heather. <laughs> we heard from Robert J. Sheridan, uh, who's at Crash Sheridan, and he said, um, the Joker. <laughs> right. Never really found him interesting or menacing. Go figure. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> We then heard from Gary at Chipper Rules. Uh, guess who <laughs> Gary chose, Paul? Um, does it rhyme with Boker? Yes, it's a Joker. <laughs> Gary said, Joker makes me wish Punisher was in DC Universe. Batman just does uh, catch and release, it seems like. So I think he wants Ooh. Punisher to um, take Joker out once and for all. Uh, yeah, right. and now we're going to head over to what we got on the Facebooks, and we heard from Edwin Latore, and he said, it's time for Edwin's Heresy of the Week. If I had to name a character I really couldn't stand seeing anymore, it would have to be the Joker. <laughs> I think you're alone there, Edwin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he says, while I don't hate that he is Batman's n- main nemesis, I feel like Escalation has taken an otherwise interesting character and made him into little more than a gross serial killer with a clown motif. Uh, the fact that writers keep attaching him to stories where Batman is his worst self just makes me cringe when I see him on a cover, especially that time he was wearing the skin of his face like a mask. If I never see that again, it will be too soon. Mm. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah. well said, Edward. Thank you. Um, so on Facebook, we heard from Craig Mack. And he replied with a few. He said, Reverse Flash, Lex Luthor, Superboy Prime, and the Joker. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, all of them have been overused and bore me now. Okay. Wow. Mm. Wow. Uh, We heard from J. David Weeder, who said, The Noz. Right. Okay. Yes. Uh, Jared Driscoll, uh, he also said, The Joker. (laughs) Right. Uh, Keith, Keith G. Baker, he said, Guess who? Uh, Joker. No, Dark Side. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> and, well done, uh, Key. High five. <laughs> well done, Key. And finally, uh, Robert St. Clair chimed in with Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Joker adjacent. Cool. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and we also got a nice email from Scott Arthur where we he talked about in uh, Waiting for Doom 129, we had that weird bit where Cliff um, chases that car and he thinks there's a kidnapping mm. and he pops the... Pops the boot and there's a lady in there, but it was actually they were just spicing up their love life, and he gets involved in some shenanigans there, and you know all, all that. Yeah. And um, he pointed out that there's um, it's very similar to three pages from Howard the Duck number 24, which came out in 1978. And in that, um, Howard is just uh, he's um, what is it? he's jet lagged and he can't sleep, and he's wandering New York City, and he meets um, a lady who's uh, waiting at a bus stop in the dark. Um, looking dishevelled and that. And it turns out that she's doing the same thing. Her husband is going to show up and attack her um, to spice up their love life. And he said that immediately reminded him of um, that story when he read the Doom Patrol story. And Yeah, wow. so that, yeah, that was interesting. And uh, he said, as for the question of the week, a villain that I'm really sick of? I've been reading much more selectively in the tw- past 20 years, so I don't really suffer from the brunt of overused characters. Like, I don't buy Deadpool, Harley Quinn, etc. In fact, I rarely buy Spider-Man or Batman anymore, except for a few miniseries. I suppose if I've been reading everything over the last decade or so, then I would be sick then I would have become sick to the gills of the Joker, mostly because he was a character I've always enjoyed and who, with the right writers, exposed something rare, seen, rarely seen in whatever hero he happened to be menacing and was new, uniquely suited to getting under Batman's skin. Watching him sold more frequently than eggs and milk made me worry about quality control, but since I haven't read a story with him since the 90s, outside of a surprise cameo in Infinite Crisis, that's somebody else's problem. I could live without Doomsday, I suppose, or the Kingpin, but I can't honestly say I'm sick of them. Oh, thank you, Scott. Thanks for enlightening us about that. And, uh, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Scott. Uh, right. So, uh, do I have to say who I'm sick of? Sure. Well, I could say Joker, uh, <laughs> but I feel like that's ground well trod tonight. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Brother Blood. Because I never enjoy when he shows up. Mm-hmm. I I don't him you know I I don't think I've ever enjoyed a brother blood story that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's he yeah he's just an irritating character. Right. Um, and he you know he's meant to be a charismatic cult leader, and it just it's never sold by his appearances and the way he's written. It's you know. And obviously he has some sort of mind control powers because people just seem to follow him for no reason. Yeah. And he dresses like a full-on supervillain. Like, you know, he's not like, oh, I'm a cult leader and you can trust me because he's wearing a bloody skull head hat and, yeah. and a Dracula cape. So, yeah. Down with Brother Blood. That's my vote. Okay. What about you, Mike? Um, I was going to say the Joker. <laughs> but I'm actually going to go with um, the Batman Who Laughs. I cannot oh, yeah. stand that character, and they've only been around for, what, a couple of months? They only w- yeah. were introduced this year. I'm sick of the side of them. And as you said, they've been showing up in Justice League, the, the new Justice League series. I, I don't get it. I don't know why. As you said, it completely undermines the Joker. Not that I'm a massive Joker fan, because I will agree with everyone who said so far that the Joker's been way overused, and we're all sick of him. And so to have him appear alongside his knockoff, who is even worse and more annoying, and the, his, his for his speech bubbles, they have red font, red light, and black background, and it's really hard to read, oh, which just makes it yeah. even more annoying. 
Um, and it's just this idiotic, spooky merging of the Joker and Batman from the Dark Multiverse. And it's like, really? Come on. You know? And I don't get how he can see with a dog collar for a um, visor. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't get this, it. How does that work? <laughs> ah, comic book science. Yeah. Yeah, is, is that his power that he's able to see with his eyes covered? Yeah, and and mm-hmm. he finds it hilarious, and so he laughs. So it's just mm-hmm. yeah, I, I am sick of the sight of basically all those dark multiverse Batman, but especially the Batman who laughs. It's just enough. Yeah, yeah I must admit, my son came up to me the other day and and asked that question that every parent fears. Oh yeah, D- Dad, who's the Batman who laughs? <laughs> Because they've just announced there's a freaking Funko Pop of him coming oh, out. Oh, so. really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, son, you'll never have to worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, a, what a tense episode this has been. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, um, inspired by all this, everyone's sick of the Joker, and, uh, you know, I, none of us can disagree, um, I thought I would... Uh, flip the question around and say, what hero are you sick of? And I'm pretty sure the, the answer will be Batman. <laughs> so, no, but, uh, no. I, I no. already have my answer for this one. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'll, keep so, it, I'll keep it for next time. Yeah. Okay. So everyone, let us know which comic book hero you are completely sick of. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Multi the... <laughs> ultra the multi-alien, anyone? <laughs> yeah, oh, look, I wish they would stop using that guy. Really? So overexposed. So many. Every second book, seriously. And he's got his own crossover event coming up. My God. What the hell? (laughs) And before we go, I just wanted to have a little bit of housekeeping. We did say that we were going to do Scooby-Doo team-up this week. uh, But due to timing of the releases of the uh, issues we on digital, we decided to just hold it until the hard copy comes out. Mm. So... Yeah, because yeah, we haven't got to read it, and I had to record on this night because uh, I am, I am a difficult man. <laughs> I am glad that you are publicly acknowledging this, Paul. <laughs> that yes, it's it's all about you, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, it just uh, we, we've we've both read the first half of the Scooby Doo team up, uh, and but yeah, the the second one doesn't quite work up with our timing. So it, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. It is good fun so far. Spoilers, it was a delight. Yes. It was the it was the cure for burn. (laughs) Yes. It well and truly was. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yes, so as you heard, the question of the week for next time is what comic book hero are you completely sick of? If you want to get in touch with your answers, you can reach us via email at waitingfordoom at gmail.com or via Wilfred on Twitter at WFDPod or on the Waiting for Doom Facebook page. And as always, you can check out mygirlsadventure80.blogspot.com for more Doom Patrol-related goodness from our fellow Doom Bro, Doug Zavisha. And that is us done for another episode of Waiting for Doom. Thank you, Paul. Yes, and next week I think we're back with another Waiting for Doom. We're not going to do a DC OCD. We did two in a row. Now we're going to do two Waiting for Dooms in a row. And all going well at this stage. At this stage. We will have uh, Doom Patrol Volume 6, Number 12 from Gerard Way. Oh. Lord. Could it be? Well, we'll see. <laughs> at this stage. <laughs> at this stage. <laughs> at this point. Sorry. Hey, hey uh, look, look. We've had words already. Don't make me come over there. Because it's like a 30-hour drive. And I'm not in the mood. Right. Right.
All right. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you again next time for more Waiting for Doom.